You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasso, your host, and along with our producer, Alex Diaz, we'd like to welcome you to our show and thank you for joining us. Today's show is all about toxins, detoxing, and how they're related to your health and health goals. Um, today's show has been taped, so no opportunity for calling in on this topic. Uh, we'd love for you to keep up to date and informed about uh, our show by following us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the Health Hub RMC on those locations. And our email address is thh at radiomaria.ca. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast. We are the Health Hub on most of your favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes and SoundCloud and Spotify. And you can also find replays of all of our podcasts on the Radio Maria Canada website, which is radiomaria.ca, and on my website, which is kathybiasse.com. Our guest today is Wendy Trubo. She is an MD and MBA and is a functional medicine gynecologist with a thriving practice at Five Journeys and is passionate about helping women optimize their health and lives. Through her struggles with mold and metal toxicity, celiac disease, and other health issues, Trubo has developed a deep sense of compassion and expertise for what her patients are facing. She is also the co-author of Dirty Girl, Ditch the Toxins, Look Great, and Feel Freaking Amazing. It's just a title that asks you to read it. Talk about a lot of things to do with toxins in our health. For instance, why it is necessary to address toxic load as part of healing, where toxins are stored in our body and how we need to be very careful with the detoxification process. And what are some steps that we can take right now in our everyday lives to help promote toxin detoxification? Great show. Wendy's a wonderful guest. Hope you stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, Hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. As mentioned, today's show is recorded. No opportunity for calling in. And do please follow, follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And we are at the Health Hub RMC on those locations. A little bit of stumbling walking into this, but I'm sure that it will all turn out okay. Wendy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kathy. Great to be here. Um, it's, you know, it's an interesting fact. It's an interesting truism, I think, in medicine, both integrative and in the medical field, that the topic of toxins is finally being recognized as um, a demon to be dealt with. And you've written a book that uh, is dealing with this, and I want to get into that definitely. But what point in your practice did you really begin to understand that 
your efforts for working with people with women, I think is more of your focus are um, the efforts are much more fruitful if you start dealing with toxins. Yeah. It's such a great question, Kathy. So I, I think there's a portion of people who do just fine with the traditional medicine. And then there's a, another group of people who really need functional medicine. And then there's that group of people who really need the works in functional medicine. And so when I realized that I was stopped in my traditional practice and could no longer make the impact that I wanted, that was, of course, the entry into functional medicine. And then in functional medicine, there were people I couldn't help. And it was frustrating for me. And so that was the point where I went, oh, you know, really toxins is the next frontier that we're not addressing. And, and that's the limit where we could make the difference because those patients really needed that. Where was the connection though? Is it just that it became something that was being talked about or was it that one intake and it was like, oh, you've had some exposure to something. We should look into that. Yeah, I would say it's a perfect storm. So one, we had a couple patients come to the practice who were really sick and had toxins. Two, it got personal for me because I had toxins myself. And three, it started to become more of the common lexicon that people people were talking about it. So it all happened all at the same time. And is this an area of study that you had to dive into and really, you know, really get your feet sunk in? Or is it something that you can kind of work with as you're going through type of idea? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I'm privileged to work with my husband who is farther along in his training than I am. So when I hit things that I don't know, I go to him or go go to the IFM for more research. So it's a little bit of both. It's, It's learning on the job and it's working with a mentor. So I put it together. Did you get your functional training through the IFM, the Institute for Functional Medicine? Yep. Excellent. So you were an MD for how many years before you crossed crossed over or actually have feet on both sides of the water? I graduated med school in 2000 and then I left traditional practice. I was an OBGYN. I left in 2009. So I've been doing it now for 13 years. So interesting. Are you still focused in um, obstetrics? With no. a focus on toxins? No. no, no, you can't do any detox in pregnancy or nursing. So if you're listening and you're someone who's pregnant, getting pregnant shortly or nursing, no detox for you, only supportive behaviors. And no, I retired from obstetrics. I was in practice with my dad at a large uh, clinic. And so we were in practice together. And thank God he retired before I did, or he would be so mad at me. <laughs> so I retired from OB, I retired from surgery. So I don't do any surgery or delivery. I only do women's care, office-based women's care. Office-based. Uh, you yeah. touched on something there. I do think it needs to, we are going to be talking about detoxification. Yeah. Um, and that word brings up, oh, it's January. We need to go on a cleanse. Uh, we need to buy the boxes. We need to do this. Okay. Um, and this is a touchy point for me too, in working with cancer patients. We need, first of all, I'd like you to define detoxification. And I know this is really going out of show sequence, but I love, you know, when, when this topic is brought up, because I think it's so important for people to understand the dangers of detoxification, what our detoxification system naturally is, and when we have to push it. Yes. This is a huge question. So Mm -hmm. Let, let's start with the things that a lot of people do in January are cleanses. They're great. They're like a reset. You know, let, let's, let's get back into this, the swing of taking care of our bodies 
eliminating or decreasing alcohol and sugar, minimizing processed foods. Those are cleansing behaviors. Those are a reset. Those are great. There's nothing wrong with them. They're just not a detox per se. Some of them do detox you. And what I mean by that is they actively remove toxins from your body. And I'm not a huge fan of something like that unsupervised because you're releasing toxins into the body from the body. So into the bloodstream from the organs and and the bones and and the fat. And so if you do that and you don't have proper systems or if the body's not ready to bind and, and remove them, you can get pretty sick. So it's, it's definitely something to do under supervision. And that uh, would talk- probably be something that a lot of people are surprised to hear. And yeah. I, I want you again, I, I know I keep pulling you back here, but toxins are held in so many different spaces in the body. Can you give examples of those spaces? And again, what happens if we totally aggressively detox? Sure. So uh, for example, lead loves to go to the bones and hormones and other toxins love to be stored in the fat. So when women, I only see women, but men too, when they say, I've done everything right, I can't lose any weight. I go, well, you got toxins because they're being stored in the fat and the body will not release it until there's a proper mechanism to get rid of them and keep you safe. You know, the body's smarter than we are. It knows it can't deal with that. Absolutely. Is there more? Is is that sort of the, uh, what about the other organs? Are other organs impeded? It's stored in the, yeah, I mean, it's stored in the fat, the organs and the bones, but specifically the ones when, you, when you're when you asking for, well, what, what's a specific one? Well, if you have improper levels of estrogen, you're going to find that in the fat. That's going to be where it's, it's put as a storage depot, essentially. And can it be dangerous to detox too quickly? Yes, 100%. It can make you pretty sick. So, It's always important, you know, when I'm working with my patients, I'm like, the goal isn't to torture you. The goal is to get you healthier. And so there are some people who will have very pronounced reactions to toxins, to removal of toxins. And for those people, we need to go slower because again, it can make you very sick. And that's not the goal. If you don't have proper binding, proper liver function, your proper gut function, you're going to get pretty sick. So you, you have to organ, you have to optimize the body first and then deal with toxins. How do you know if someone's, you know, when you're going about the process of going through, I, I, assume, I assume that you are working to detoxify the body and we'll, we'll get into that as well. But how do you determine how, how toxic a person is? You do your intake, they've grown up on a farm with pesticides, but um, is it not until you, you, you know, get dirty into the process that you realize how toxic a person is? Yeah. And there are some people, they're screaming at you. You know, the woman who walked in with no hair on her body at all. I was like, well, you got toxins. It was, that was very clear. But then other times it's more subtle. Like the woman who says, I've been, I've been trying to get my weight down and nothing budges. My thyroid's perfect. What's going on here? So those don't scream as as loudly as the person who walks in who just can't function and is extremely ill. But uh, (laughs) certainly what you need to do is check the data. So sometimes the the clinical presentation is clear and you say, okay, I know you have toxins. Now we need to get the data so we can measure what's, what's actually happening. So there are tests for heavy metals, environmental toxins, such as gasoline fumes, plastics, nail polish, resins, VOCs, paint, et cetera. And then there's tests for mycotoxins and for pesticides, herbicides, insecticides. So we do all those tests and say, what do you got? You know, what are you, what are you harboring in your body that we need to get rid of? 
And then is the approach completely different for each toxin? Yes and no. So metals needs a slightly more intensive approach because you, you really need to, when you pull out metals, you also often pull out minerals and nutrients that the body needs. So you need to replace that and you need to make sure the liver's properly functioning and the gut's properly functioning. That's a little bit more intricate than when you have mycotoxins, you want to bind to them and pull them out. And so that's a little less reliant on proper liver, and that's more reliant on the binders themselves. And then the environmental toxins all tend to funnel into a smaller group of treatments. So even though this is, you know, the report's 17 pages long, but it's not 17 pages of treatment. It's, you know, five or six treatments that people can take. Are they aggressive treatments? Uh, They can be, but Mm -hmm. they don't have to be. So, you know, for example, for the metals protocol, we have a protocol and I say to people, sometimes you get a sense of it before they start the protocol, that they're, they're a sensitive soul. You're a sensitive person. You respond to things at much smaller doses compared to the typical population. So even though it's a protocol, one size does not fit all. And so you might need to go smaller number of doses, less of a dose, less frequent than the general population. So it can be very intense, but that's not the goal. The, the goal is sustainability because it can be tiring to do this and it can be hard on you. Mm-hmm. So that's the goal is not to make you feel terrible. You, so you've mentioned, you know, women fat around the middle, that can be a sign of, of um, holding on to toxins. Yeah. What other health issues are bound to an overload? Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much yes. So anything that's autoimmune in nature, um, cardiovascular nature, cholesterol, um, fatigue, headaches, GI upset, GI issues that could be constipation, irritable bowel, bloating, gas, diarrhea, uh, menstrual issues, fertility issues, weight gain or weight loss, depending on where someone tends to prioritize that, uh, brain fog, hair loss, skin issues, pretty pretty much anything that you tell me, I could say, yeah, if, if you've done the platform foundational approach and it's not responded, then it's a toxins issue. So is toxin elimination part of every health protocol? Uh, What do you mean by every health protocol? Well, if you're working with somebody, someone comes into your office, are you going to work on eliminating toxins? We're all exposed to them. Uh, Is there a threshold of where you will start a detoxification process or is this part of every piece of health issue that you're working with? I, I would say... It's, it's sort of a mix. So what we work with people on at the outside is let's find ways that we can not introduce more toxins into you. So don't fill up the pump with toxins. For example, upgrade your beauty products, upgrade your hair products, upgrade what, how you're cleaning your clothing and washing your dishes and cleaning your house, those types of things. Those are pretty foundational that we're working with people. And then we work with a lot of people on improving their liver function and their gut function. So by definition, that does trickle down into toxins removal. Specific toxins removal is really when it's appropriate for someone when they've gotten to that point where they say, okay, I've hit a plateau and I really want to improve where I'm, how I'm feeling or improve how I look or improve my experience of health or my sleep. That's a specific targeted thing. So it's a little bit of both, Kathy. A little bit of both, but supporting the detoxification, our natural de- detoxification processes are a part of what you do. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And you mentioned some of the common um, toxins that we're exposed to. 
what are the ones that, you know, we, we know the plastics, they're pretty general and the, the cosmetics and things like yeah. that. Are there any that when you mention people go, I had no idea. Yeah, I would say the most common one is flame retardants that you find in your mattress or on your furniture, because many years ago, we lived in places that a lot of people smoked. And if one person set their bed on fire, the whole the whole block went up in flames. And so one way to combat that was, was flame retardants in the mattress. And so when you sleep on that, you're breathing it in. And we spend eight hours a night on our bed often. And that's an endocrine disruptor. It's particularly bad for the thyroid. And so people go, I never thought about that. Mm -hmm. So if you, so if you just bought a mattress, disregard that comment. If you're in the market for a mattress or you're thinking, Oh, I might want to upgrade in the next year or two, that would be a good time to get a mattress without flame retardants so that you're not exposed. There's natural flame retardants. Wool is a very natural resistant to flame. If you're someone who smokes in bed, then you do want to have a bed with a flame retardant in it because that's a risk. Mm-hmm. That's Otherwise, a great point. It's a yeah. great point to bring up. Um, changing over things, that's the time to really think, right? Yes. Uh, yes. You, you know, you're not asking someone to go gut their house, nope. but you know, I think mindfulness is a very important piece with all of this, recognizing. Now, is the goal here zero toxic exposure? And uh, No, no, because <laughs> it's not real. I mean, it, it, look, this is, this is my sweet spot. This is what I do for a living. This is what I'm an expert in. And yet I still screw it up. So <laughs> look, the, the goal is not perfection. No, the goal is humanity and have a sense of humor about it. So for, you know, I get, I get greenwashed. Sometimes I have four kids. We are growing our business. We just wrote the book, blah, blah, blah. I'm busy. And so there's times when I go, oh, that product looks great. And I get it. Because you know it says all natural and it's greenwashed, mm-hmm. and then I have the brain space where I get on environmentalworkinggroup.org and I look it up, and I go, oh, oh, okay, no, no, and that you know that can that'll happen. So you mentioned mindfulness, Kathy, and I think it's really important to be able to get slow enough to go, oh, well, let's look up the product, let's see if it really is what it says, is it vetted? Uh, my favorite site is ewg.org because they do all the research and they're re- they're reputable. So the goal is not zero toxins because you really can't walk down the street without getting exposed to something. And, and if you're, unless you're making your own clothing, which from cotton that you've spun from the sheeps that you've raised, which who does that, right? <laughs> so no, the goal is not zero toxins. The goal is let's mitigate it so that our bodies can deal with what we have and continually chip away at what we have in us so that our bodies feel better and are better equipped to deal with what's coming at us. You harped on something that is not harped. I harp. You mentioned something (laughs) that I am harping on with every person I see. And it's now becoming a battle cry for me is this perception of perfection that we have to maintain to be healthy. And I think that this is such an important topic or issue to deal with because this idea that we can't put the wrong food in our mouth, that we are, you know, we've got to stay away. This in and of itself is driving people to want to jump off the edge of a cliff. And it's not often, and maybe it's becoming more and more because, uh, you know, you're saying this and I'm seeing it all the time. We have to talk people back from this idea of perfection or else, you know what? I find it's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater and it's like, I yeah. can't do it. So why bother trying? 
Now let's talk about that, Kathy. So I was thinking about this this morning. I went to, uh, I, I go for PT at this guy's house. I'm in his house and he's like not into the healthy lifestyle, except for the fact that he's into martial arts. He's not healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I go to wash my hands after I use the bathroom. I'm like, I don't like that soap. And then I'm like, okay, what are the options here? I'm not going to wash my hands, which is not so good. Or I'm going to use soap in someone's house. I'm not going to say anything. What did I pick? I picked B because you need to wash your hands. So you always want to pick the least bad option, but not at the expense of your relationships, of your connection to others, of feeling good about yourself. Like sometimes you just have to let it go. So of sanity, like honestly, yes, the stress yes. that I see people put, now I'm working with cancer patients a lot of the time and the anxiousness about yeah. everything. And, you know, you, the more you try and live perfect, the more stress comes in and the more it yeah. negates all of your efforts. I am just so glad that you have mentioned this because yeah. we need to start pulling back. Awareness is key and steps you know, little steps, one at a time, trying to create a better environment. And I think with the way you're pulling things out and making people aware, this is a great thing within the context of let's try our best. Exactly. Hollywood is perfection. They, they display perfection in movies, but that's not real life, right? Don't yeah. aim for that. And we get caught up in this because mm-hmm. Instagram and Google, mm-hmm. and we're seeing these things. And I think people yeah. get so um, discouraged because they can't do it all right. And I think yeah. once we start stepping back and saying, you know, you got to live life. I mean, we're here not to be perfect and to be always on protocol. You know, we're adding these things like you're saying and working with toxins so that you can live a great life. You yeah. know, we, we got to see the broad picture. So happy you talked about that. I know we're a little bit off topic, but it really is it's a fine. passion of mine that yeah. um, I'm trying to work, you know, get out to people. And definitely when I'm working with someone, it's something that I speak about all the time. We're going to take a quick break right here. And when we come back, I really would like to dive into your book, the reasons behind it, and uh, all, all information that you can share with us. So everybody will be back in just a minute. You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back. We are talking with Dr. Wendy Trubeau. And we're going to, Wendy, let's start... Um, Segment two, talking about your book, because there's a history of why you wrote it. There's a reason why you wrote it. (laughs) And you touched upon that uh, you had your own journey. So let's let's go back to the beginning and talk about that. Sure. So my story has I think my story has three parts and I know we have limited time. So I won't tell you all the details. You're welcome to read the book and I'll give you all the details. (laughs) But the first part of the story occurred before I was born in that the epigenetics and genetics that I was brought into this world with determined a lot of ways that I did or didn't uh, express illness. So I, I was born with two genes for celiac and two genes for MTHFR, which is the gene that impacts methylation and detox, and then two genes for vitamin D deficiency. I got a whole host of other things, but those are the big ones. That's part one. Part two was zero, you know, from birth to 35 and developing celiac disease and not knowing it for 15 to 20 years before diagnosis. So by the time I got diagnosed, I was really a mess. And I got diagnosed because I could kind of barely get out of bed. And my husband said, why don't you go see my, my mentor, who was a functional medicine guy, you know, one of the, one of the founding fathers in Boston, he was, he was around. 
and he diagnosed me with celiac. And that really launched me into how do I get better and how do I fix my gut? And so that's part two of the story. And I spent about 14 years working on my adrenals, my gut, my overall health. And then I had two toxic exposures when I was 48. And I recognized one at the time, but didn't think much of it. And the other one I didn't recognize until a few months later. And both were lead exposures. One was when my neighbor took his house down. I knew it was a post-war house. I knew I was getting lead dust. And I was like, shut the windows. It's dead of summer. I'm like, turn off the air, shut the windows. My family's like, you are crazy. You are nuts. I'm like, no, it's lead. There's lead dust. And then I didn't really think anything of it, but my hair started to fall out. Oh, and really? Then, yeah. And my hairdresser was like, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. I'm like, it's not fine. And about four or five months later, after I started saying something, she's like, okay, yeah, no, it's not fine. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Like, what well, woman wants to lose her hair, right? Nobody. And then four months after she acknowledged that, we went to France right after Notre Dame burned. It was the trip of a lifetime. We spent a week right in that area where Notre Dame burned. And the month after we came back, I gained nine pounds, got a rash all over my face, and my hair loss was like clumps. And I freaked. And you know, I'm in functional medicine, so I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? What am I doing? What could it be? And you know, it's hard to treat yourself. So I don't recommend treating yourself. I recommend seeing someone because someone would have looked at me and been like, oh, you're toxic, but I'm a bad patient. So sort of slogged through it. And a few months later, I heard a report that when Notre Dame burned, it released 500 tons of lead into the air. And I went, oh, I had an exposure. That was the second exposure. And I'm clinically showing signs of it. I have lead. So then I did the testing, which Mm -hmm. is why I say doctors are bad patients because they should have just done the testing, but I couldn't see it. So I did the testing and it was 20, my lead level was 25% higher than it had been the first time or the last time I tested it. And the last time I tested it, it was just over positive and I blew it off. Again, doctors are bad patients. Now I say to my patients, that's the tip of the iceberg. We need to treat it. But back then, not knowing what I didn't know, I just went with it. So it was 25% higher. It was definitely positive and I started treatment. So that's really what was the lynch, the launching pad. And I was like, well, in for a penny, in for a pound, let's do the rest of the toxins. And I had four mycotoxin strains in me, and I had a whole host of environmental toxins in me. And I looked at my husband and I went, I am such a dirty girl. <gasps> we need to write that book. That's the book we got to write. Because if I'm the, po- like, already I was like, not eating processed carbs and no sugar and I'm gluten-free and I'm dairy-free. I don't drink alcohol, by the way. I'm like, the mo- if you read about me on paper, you'd be like, she is really boring because <laughs> I, you know, I'm like risk averse. I stopped skiing because of a bad accident. I'm like, I don't do any of that stuff, right? I don't challenge my adrenals except for living in this earth. And so if I'm the poster child for healthy living and here to inspire women to be healthier, and yet I have all these toxins, what else does everyone else have if this is what I have? So that's why we wrote the book. And it's all about toxins and how you get them and how you get rid of them. You know, I, I think... We tend to blow off news like you heard about the lead being, um, you know, emitted into the air. I do think we are not really right there when it comes to recognizing. Do you find that or is it just, you know, my thoughts? Well, I think as women, we straddle this line, right? So I'll give you an example. I'll get back to your question. I promise. My mom has Addison's disease. And what that is, is a complete failure of her adrenal glands. And what it's characterized by is an 
basically this slow decline. And ultimately, if you don't treat it, you can't get out of bed. So she had this and she would get out of bed. She'd vomit. She'd pass out. She couldn't, I mean, she couldn't get out of bed. So she kept going to doctor after doctor. And they said to her, you're just depressed. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just female. And after a while, she was like, well, I really am depressed because I can't get out of bed. And she ended up winding up in the hospital and her blood pressure on admission was 60 over 40. And she couldn't lift her head off the bed because she was sick. And an endocrine, and her, by the way, she was bronze, which is a classic sign of, of Addison's disease. And they, they didn't know what to do with her. And they had an endocrinologist on staff and they said, well, can you go take a look at her? And he walked in and he goes, she has Addison's because she had a classic presentation. But I think as women, we straddle this line between being not wanting to be seen as hysterical and yet needing to advocate for ourselves. So, and, and a lot of us, especially like I grew up in the 70s and 80s, and it was kind of like, shut up, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't complain about stuff. Yeah, there's and a lot of historical backing for women yeah. to suck it up. Yeah. And, and so I think that we come into this cosmic approach of, well, I don't want to be seen as hysterical. And yet I don't want to be seen as minimize. I don't want to minimize, but I know something's wrong. So I, it's funny because I'm 51 and it, that's the thing that I have really worked hard on is when I feel something is wrong, that I speak it and I don't just go with it. I don't go with the flow just because I'm like, oh, well, I don't want to make a scene. No, screw that. If it's mm-hmm. not right, I am the last stop before something bad happens. That's how I started to see it. So we straddle that. And so a lot of women complain, but don't want to complain too much because they don't want to be seen as hysterical or want to be written off as that woman. And yet something is genuinely not right. So where in your book can we find solace with tips and Hmm. uh, next steps? And someone's going to pick up your book and say, there is hope for me. She actually sees me. Okay. A, I see you. B, there is hope. C, every single chapter is action-oriented because excellent. what do you want to read a book about if you're not going to ha- learn something? So <laughs> I've had patients call me and go, I love your book. I hate your book. <laughs> oh, you made me <laughs> face things. <laughs> right? It's like, starts to feel a little bit like, so again, perfection's not the goal. Improvement, leveling up, having a breakthrough, that's the goal. So every chapter is about what's going on here, how do you fix it? How do you make an impact here? What's going to be next? You know, the, I remember when my husband and I were doing the the eating portion, we were arguing it through because I was like, not everyone is in the same place. Mm-hmm. So if you're at the place where what you're eating every day contains artificial colors, artificial flavors, lots of caffeine, uh, art, artificial sweeteners, you're in a much different place than someone who says to me, I'm gluten-free, dairy-free, now what's next? You know, So we really needed to do a tiered approach to how do you clean up your eating? How do you clean up your act? Uh-huh. And so, because food plays a role, everything plays a role. Uh-huh. So every chapter, Kathy, is some practical tip. At the end of every chapter has the hot topics. Like, what are you going to do? If we're talking about plastics, what are you going to do? If we're talking about beauty products, what are you going to do? So if you're asking someone to undergo a personal evaluation, are there five key questions that you're saying to ask, or are you just saying, hey, step back and take a look at things? Yeah, I, I think I say to people, you're, think of a body part you never notice. For example, most people don't notice their elbow. It's invisible for most people. So I want the rest of your body 
for you to have that experience of the rest of your body. So you don't say, oh, I have headaches. Mm-hmm. I don't have brain fog. My hair is not falling out. I don't, I don't have heart palpitations, thyroid disorder, anxiety, bloating, gas, diarrhea, none of it. Really, all of that is a sign that something is going on. And common doesn't mean normal. Common means common. Mm-hmm. But it's not normal to fail over time. I reject that. It's normal to develop. And just as we get wiser, why wouldn't we get better in our bodies? Certainly, there's some oxidative stress and damage that happens. And a lot of that is, is combatable. And, and you know, when we're, we have to do a personal evaluation because let's look at you who went to France, who was exposed and was quite affected by lead. Yeah. The same person could do the same trip and they metabolize things differently. So a personal evaluation is going to be different for everybody, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's really the question, do I feel flat out freaking amazing? And if not, then you need an eval. And I guess that's the reason why it's personal and specific Mm -hmm. protocols, because people know you have um, a methylation issue, um, right? (laughs) Other people don't. And so (laughs) too, and other, and, you know, so exposure is different for everybody. And what one person's level of exposure may tip them to a point where they need help versus somebody else. So what are key questions that you're asking yourself? For women who are or mm-hmm. for people who are listening, do I feel amazing? If not, who can I see to get, I'd see a functional medicine provider, but do I feel amazing? Uh, am I growing and developing as a person? Do I feel as though I'm able to move ahead or if I'm stuck, that deserves an evaluation. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I feel rested when I wake up in the morning? That does, if not, that deserves an evaluation. And this if is I'm over in, time, right? This is not just like today. I didn't yeah, wake not up just right? one day. It's not like, oh, I had a bad sleep on Saturday to Sunday. So Sunday, I'm tired. It's more like when you look back, you go, oh, I'm fatigued. Do you have a sex drive? If you don't have a sex drive, that's not normal, particularly for men. If men have lower sex drive than their partners, that is not normal. That, that deserves an evaluation. Women's sex drives are much more... Uh, at the effect of, hey, I'm stressed. I have too many things on my plate. I'm not sleeping well. I'm angry with my partner because I have everything on my plate and there's nothing on their plate. So women's sex drives are much more vulnerable to those interactions. Men's sex drives are not. So if a men's sex drive is low, it's, it's a problem. If a woman's sex drive is low, it's a problem for a different reason. More it's nuanced. Not, it's, it's more nuanced, but it's also, it needs to be addressed. It's still a problem. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you mentioned testing. And again, I want to just touch on something that you say, uh, you probably say all the time, but uh, needs to be pointed out here. Common is not normal for people mm-hmm. to have headaches. Uh, my daughter just said this to me a couple of weeks ago. I, I said, I've had, a, you know, I said to her, man, I've had this headache. I think it's because I've been trying to do headstands and yoga. And she goes, mom, I have headaches all the time. And I said, well, that's not normal. She goes, I don't know. I just have them all the time. Common is not normal. And that's important. It's not the way it should be. We've really gotten very accustomed to just saying, oh, it's because I'm getting older. And that's just it. Well, no, something's wrong. It's just, we're not used to that. And it's not about fighting aging, is it? It's about recognizing symptomology and dealing with health. Yeah. I I really want to underscore that, Kathy, because I'm delighted that I'm aging. Every white hair, first of all, I don't dye my hair. What you see is- That's very, very good. Not a gray hair in sight. 
I don't know if I'm on video, but I mean, I'm on video on my side, but you yeah. know, they're wiring, they're crazy. And sometimes they stick straight out, which was really aggravating when they, my hair started growing back. But I love, I just feel as though it's like, oh, it's kind of a badge of honor. You know, I'm 51 years old. I'm delighted because the alternative to aging is worse, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Why don't we here? see that more clearly? <laughs> Why so don't we I see really, that? Yeah. But it's like, how do you age well? You're going to age. How do you age as well as your body is going to allow you? And, and that's really where the foundational behaviors need to come in. The, the minute you figure it out, right? Like, so people say to me, oh, I wish I knew this 20 years ago. I'm like, well, you weren't ready. Because if you were ready, you would have learned about it. You weren't ready. It wasn't right for you then. It's right now. Right now. Take care of yourself. Eat well. Drink lots of water. Get enough rest. Move your body. Don't be a stress ball. That's the foundational stuff. Do Start where you're at. Time. Yep, you're exactly. absolutely you're so right. And this combative issue with aging, again, needs to be stopped. It's just, it's like constantly fighting. You're not fighting the aging process. You should be embracing it as best as possible. Oh, you're saying such great things. I just love it. Now, before you know, we get to the end of the show, I absolutely need to ask a question about the testing. Uh, the testing for uh, toxins. I know there are different ones. Um, are they invasive tests? Are they saliva tests? How does someone go about getting testing done? You need to work with a functional medicine provider. I, I prefer the urine tests because okay. I'm doing provoked testing. So you can do hair testing that will show what your body's excreting. I'm not a huge fan of that because that if you're not excreting like I wasn't, you're not going to show it. So I really like the provoked urine tests. You do them in the privacy of your own home. You send them. You don't bring them back to me. You bring them right to the FedEx and they take them to the companies who, who run the tests. And so I think it's great. The, the metals are, we use DMSA, which is a provoking agent and it binds and provokes. For the mycotoxins, we use glutathione and a hot bath. And for the environmental toxins and the glyphosate, we also use the glutathione and hot bath. It's actually the same test. One little thing of urine for that, and they do all of the tests. So. Is the is the actual test is you so you're using these things to provoke the urine? Um, is that a big deal? Is that an issue, or is that a simple process? So for the metals, I say to people, you're going to feel one of three ways. Either you're going to feel amazing, like you take these and you're like, wow. I feel great. You've got metals. Oh. <laughs> That's the case. <laughs> Two, you feel like a truck ran over you. You've got metals. Three, no reaction. I don't know if you have metals. We'll have to wait for the test to come back. Okay. Fair so enough. that can make you feel either amazing, crappy, or nothing. And then the glutathione, people generally really like how they feel with glutathione. It's, an, it's a very powerful antioxidant. It's, it helps the liver. So glutathione in a hot bath, most people don't notice very much at all. And so they don't really feel anything with that testing. It's the metals one that you have to warn people. You might not feel good or you might feel great. And do you test uh, across the board for everything? Generally speaking, are you evaluating before the testing? Uh, definitely evaluating before okay. because it's a lot of money. It's, it's like $750 to do the testing. So it's not just like, hi, welcome to the practice. Here's a $750 kit. That's not, that's not right. It really needs to be based on what do you have? What's going on for you? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So tell us about your book. When it's, is it out yet? Where oh, can we get it? It's out. It's on Amazon. It's also on our practice, but if you have Prime, you'll pay less for shipping. So it's on, it's on Amazon. It's Dirty Girl, Ditch the Toxins, Look Great and Feel Freaking Amazing. Mm-hmm. And you Great can, title. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> our next our next book's all going to be about how not to be an evil witch as you transition into menopause. Also based on my story. Oh. Um, 
<laughs> so these are biographies. <laughs> Basically, like, it's, it's more like I'm my own muse, shall we say. Uh, so you've let, let go. I mean, Unleash Now is the author. <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, and I said to my husband, and the third book is going to be all about not pooping. And he's like, oh my God, let's get through this book. We're on the podcast tour now. So anyway, um, you can you can get it on Amazon. And I would just recommend not typing in only Dirty Girl because you won't get my book. You'll get oh, something else. <laughs> quite, quite a number of sites, I imagine, pop up there. Yes. And we'll have all that information for sure um, yeah. in all the show details. So no problem with what to, to populate that area with. Thank you so much for being on the show. Really a pleasure to have you. My pleasure, Kathy. And I'd also just like to say we have a detox guide for your listeners, which is at fivejourneys.com forward slash promo. That's where if you're like, how do I clean up my life? That's the companion guide to the book. That's how you do it. Excellent. And that's free. Wonderful. I will get the details of that and make sure they're posted as well. Thank you. Wendy, thanks so much. And everybody, we will talk to you next week on The Health Hub. to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.